Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero and Sean Starr. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, Sean Starr, The Sick Podcast. You can follow us on our Instagram page at The Sick Podcast and our Facebook page, The Sick Podcast. Like it and share it with your friends. And of course, The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. This is uh, our first time as Sean is uh, sporting the uh, the attire, the cap. And I'm going to try and uh, sport the, uh, the the hoodie here if I Don't can. Hurt yourself. And uh, there we go. I got uh, I got sick. You see that? Okay, I finally got it. There you go. You see, finally. Was yeah, that a layaway? Love- how many uh, how many installments did it take before you finally got that? I love that top, by the way. I really really love it. Um, but anyway, I was able to buy it with uh, some of my sick picks that actually came out. But this is going to be the first time for us, yeah, uh, this season, 2021, that we're going to be talking about the National Hockey League, and in particular. The debut last night of the 2021 season, which started off on Wednesday night, the 13th of January, of course, which featured several games, one of which was the Montreal Canadiens, the team uh, in the city in which you and I both reside, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, of course, visiting the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sean, from an entertainment standpoint, I thought the game was awesome. Dude, that was ten, that was a legit ten on ten. The excitement, yeah, just for the return of the National Hockey League, and uh, and obviously, you know, with the whole Montreal storyline about what Mark Bergevin was able to do in the offseason, who he brought in, what he was able to give up in order to to acquire these guys. Mm-hmm. Not only did it have people in Montreal excited, more importantly, it had people that cover the NHL excited, which I think lent a lot more credibility to the Canadians and the excitement that they achieved with the moves they made, obviously, with Josh Anderson, uh, bringing in Tyler Toffoli, acquiring Joel Edmondson, uh, depth in Michael Froelich and Corey Perry. But more importantly, and we didn't even see him in the 5-4 overtime loss yesterday, what I really think, Tony, put Montreal over the top was the acquisition of Jake Allen. I know what Josh Anderson did on, on, on Wednesday, scoring twice, finishing checks, being fast in the power forward. Uh, I don't think you or I have ever seen in a Canadian's uniform in our respective lifetimes. Um, Having somebody to help make Carey Price better, I think, is going to put this team over the yeah. top. 
Well, uh, I think it's a very good point. Look, I understand what you're trying to say. I think the biggest acquisition is Josh Anderson for the very simple reason that he's going to play every night and uh, Jake Allen will not play every night. But I understand that's not your point, and I understand the point you're trying to make. When the Montreal Canadiens acquired Josh Anderson and shortly thereafter, Mark Bergevin signed him to a seven-year contract extension, Mark Bergevin said the reason why he signed him to a seven-year deal at the $5.5 million per season and there were some people scratching their heads or a little bit nervous because he had come off an injury plague season and had, you know, season ending surgery and all that stuff was because there were probably four or five players that could do what Josh Anderson does and not more than that. Sean, I think he was spot on with that. And I got to tell you, I'm the president of the Josh Anderson fan club. So he I actually showed me flashes the season before he scored the 27 goals where he looked like he was a player that was going to go out and was going to explode. He scored 27 a couple of years ago when he puts his head down and he's got that explosiveness and that burst of speed to take you to the outside. He's very difficult to contain, more so in a league that has cracked down on penalties and the fact that you cannot extract, you cannot pick, you cannot hook. If you do, you're going to be penalized. I love this guy. He is a preeminent power forward in the National Hockey League. And finally, the Montreal Canadiens have a player like this on their team yeah. instead of watching a player like this on another team. Oh, a thousand percent. And look, I mean, just to expand on that, if you go to mybookie.ag, lay down the promo code SICKPICKS, get yourself a 50% deposit bonus on your first uh, deposit as you fund your account. The Montreal Canadiens, future bets, uh, according to mybookie.ag, uh, looking at 23 to 1, looking at 20 to 1, sprinkling the odds around. So if you're looking at you know the possibilities of whether it's Montreal or uh, another team from the NHL's North Division, mybookie.ag, don't forget to use uh, promo code yeah. picks for your future bets. Now, let me ask you something. I think the Canadians are a great bet, by the way. A great bet. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Does Mark Bergevin yeah. make the moves he made, right? Uh -huh. And we went through them all, okay? Uh -huh. Does he make those moves if the Canadians aren't given a charitable berth into the tournament like they were in August. Let's remember now. Let's remember. When the NHL decided to expand, they included cities like Chicago and Montreal because yeah. of geography, because of fan base. So they gave them charitable berths. Let's also remember that before the Canadians got that charity, Mark Bergevin was liquidating. Everybody was bad. Nothing. Mike's Domi was in the doghouse. Carey Price was, was playing poorly. Shea Weber wasn't playing. And they were selling, selling, selling. Right? They had they had all their players. Ilya Kovalchuk, gone, 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 gone. But Nate Thompson. But the but yeah, the Hebrew hammer. Yeah, they're but, also the you know, one is also 35 and the other one was also 36. But yes, you're right. Go ahead. How much did the bubble and what they did against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia ultimately force Mark Bergevin to go out and do what he did this offseason? Uh, I, I think it kind of helped him in his decision. There's no doubt about it because he probably looked at it and said, okay, so maybe we're not as bad as the record indicated during the regular season. But once again, it's also timing. He has gone on record as saying that he has wanted to acquire Josh Anderson for a couple of years. He's gone on record as saying that he's wanted to acquire Tyler Toffoli for a couple of years. So it just so happened that he was able to acquire both in the same offseason. Um, and the fact that he went out and acquired a, a backup goaltender I think was also an easy um, decision to make because, I mean, last year I think they had three backup goaltenders and they totaled four wins or three or four backup goaltenders. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was one and Kincaid was another and Primo was another and they totaled four wins and stuff like that. So that was an easy decision. Look, I, I think it helped, but I think also the, the fact that it just, 
uh, he's, he talked about timing a lot. And, uh, you know, in previous years, the timing wasn't right because it took two to dance. And, you know, there needed to be a need from the other team and on the other side. And uh, there was that need now with Columbus because they needed a centerman. The other guys, of course, were, were acquired with uh, unrestricted free agency. Edmondson was, Jake Allen was, uh, Tyler Toffoli was. And Romanov has really given this team a sh- Look, I, one game doesn't make a That's season, there, doesn't yeah. make a career. Yeah. But I have to tell you, yeah. I was blown away with him yesterday. His calm, his poise, his composure with the puck, his ability to make great passes, head up, uh, great vision. Uh, this guy yeah. is going to be paired with Shea Weber before the season's up. You know what Romanov was yesterday? He was he was sick. Romanov was sick yesterday. Yes. He was and fitting, by the way, that he wears number 27. Fitting that he wears uh, number 27 out there on the ice. I will say, if I'm to answer my own question, I don't think you're giving it enough credit. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think the bubble, Tony, and the fact that they got that berth against Pittsburgh and that they, they beat yeah. Pittsburgh, and you can't take that away. They they played Pittsburgh and they eliminated them. And I think that is worth its weight in gold. But if not for that, I don't think Mark Bergevin is as aggressive. I think what happened was they get that berth. Mark Bergevin saw how well the team played. The team got a taste of playoff intensity. They got the taste in their mouths of what it's like to win in the playoffs and move on. And they know. They know they're a good team. They know they're not a cellar dweller. They know they're not as bad as they were before the NHL went on pause last March. And I think because of that, because of how they played in the bubble, Mark Bergevin realized, because again, Mark Bergevin was extremely, extremely trigger shy to trade prospects, to trade draft picks. Him and Trevor Timmons, they were stocking the cupboards for seasons, building up the picks, building up the picks, building up the picks because they were planning for the future. And then the future came at their door in August when they beat Pittsburgh and they had a run of bad luck against Philadelphia, who I maintain today that they were the better team or the Flyers. And the Flyers just plain, plain and simple, got lucky and moved on. But because of how they played, how competitive they were, yeah, and Carey Price and Shea Weber and Brendan Gallagher probably went to Mark Bergevin and say, "Listen, we're ready. We can take this next step, Mark. Go out and get us." Because Jeff Petrie, remember what he said at the end of last season: mm-hmm. "I want to be bigger. I want to be tougher. I want to be tougher on the forecheck." Yeah. What did Mark Bergevin go out and do? He got goals. He got speed. He got a power forward. He got a backup goaltender. And I think it's all because of how they okay. played and what they did in the bubble. All right, I'll say this about the bubble. If there's one thing the bubble showed Bergevin, you talked about the future, is after watching Suzuki and Kakanyemi perform where they both took their game to another level, Yeah, he came to the realization that the future is now. And another thing, you know, he was asked about the window over the past couple of years about Carey Price and Shea Weber and the fact that every year they would get one year older and if, you know, he had to do something during their window and he said he didn't quite believe in the window, um, I think he believed in the window all along. Anyway, I'm going to tell agree. you this. I agree. I with agree. Time, with time on the job, in any job that you do, with time, age, and experience, you get better. Yes. I'm better at this than I was 18 years ago. I think I can safely say the same thing for you. I think I could say the same thing for everyone listening and everyone watching, that with time and experience, you get yes. to a point in your career where you get better. I think Mark Bergevin... For the last two and a half years, and especially now, even though he had a lot of experience, he was never a general manager before he became the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. He was an assistant. He was an amateur scout. He was a pro scout and all that stuff, an assistant coach too. He had touched on everything but being GM. 
And being GM in Montreal is also a different animal. I think Mark Bergevin right now, professionally speaking, is at his best at his job. He's extremely lucky. He's extremely lucky. He's be lucky to be good, my friend. Listen, cliches don't always fit. And listen, uh, Mark Bergevin, and I maintain the word luck is appropriate here in this discussion because for the amount of misreads and the amount of mistakes committed in a hyper-competitive environment, if the Canadians weren't careful in watching their bottom line, he would have been turfed years ago. You don't, you don't stay in a market like this with misreads like Andreas Martins and Dwight King and Steve Ott and say, well, this is what we need to do. I've identified the weaknesses of yeah. our team, and this is what we need to do. That was horseshit. That was absolute horseshit, and he's lucky he didn't get fired for that. That was a fireable offense. That was an utter misread of the NHL landscape and what the what the future of the league, Tony, was going to look like. Look, Sean, uh, there's no doubt that that year he probably could he, he should have done a lot more to put his team over the top. There were also misreads in one year saying that he thought his defense was an upgrade on the year before when they uh, chose to move on from Andre Markov and 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 time showed that he was not right in that assessment. But with the exception of the Drewing deal for Sergachev, which right now we can probably say is in the advantage of Tampa Bay. Mind you, I loved Jonathan Drewing's game yesterday, but uh, it still doesn't erase the fact that the Canadians are behind the eight ball as far as that deal is concerned. He's won most of his individual trades, Sean, where he struggled is actually the ability to put together a team that can com compete and play different ways. I think he has that right now. Yeah. I think the Canadians are going to be a force to be reckoned with, Sean. I believe the Montreal Canadiens are a top three team in their Canadian division. Sure, they have some question marks. They're banking a lot on two very young players at an important position. Maybe they can use another fourth-line centerman over Jake Evans with more experience who wins more face-offs. Maybe there's a question on their number four defenseman. Maybe. But look, no team is perfect. And I said this, and I maintain it, Sean. This is the deepest Montreal Canadiens team we've seen on paper since the team that won the Cup back in 1993. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, Ben Sherratt still, I think, worries me a little bit. Uh, Joel Edmondson, I'm, I'm not high on. I, I think with Joel Edmondson, it kind of is what it is, if I'm going to use a cliche here. I think the Canadiens' defense... Sean, Sean, if I can, I've solved the problem. It solved that problem. Romanov will be playing with Weber by the end of the year. Sherrod oh, okay. will be on a second pairing with Petrie, and yeah. Edmondson will be on the third pairing. That's the way it's going to go down, my friend. I can totally see it working out that way, but yes. he's still going to be playing minutes, and he's still going to be chucking the puck like he tends to do. I think I, I agree ultimately with what you're saying in the sense that I, I, I think Montreal's a top-two team in the North Division. I would go one step above you and suggest that I think only Toronto will be ahead of them in points in the standings at the end of 56 games. But the defense, to me, still doesn't look like it's built for today's NHL. Like, I was I, watching them against the high-powered uh, boys in Toronto, and I know Marner and Matthews got 25 minutes. They needed 25 minutes from their best players to beat the Canadians last night. Yeah. But the the fact that that was game one, when they, when they play the Leafs, like, for the eighth time, the seventh time, like, what's the look going to be? Shea Weber's not going to get faster. Sherratt's not going to be faster. Edmonds is not going to be faster. Sean, they had zero preseason games after making all those uh, changes to their team, and they still haven't had chemistry set in mind. You did on that line. Are you not worried about the defense? Uh, no team is perfect in the National Hockey League. I, see, I, I worry more. Are you worried about the defense or not? Yes, I'm a little bit worried about the defense, but they have an offense that's going to score three goals a game. And you know what? It might be good enough. We'll see. I, listen, I'm not worried about putting a few bucks on the Canadians to win the Cup because I think they have tremendous value. 
And uh, the Sick Podcast has been brought to you by my bookie. Use the code SICKPICKS for 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, and get paid. SickPicks.ag. I got my money on the Habs. Cheers. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.